morning, Grizzlies fans, and welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. It is Friday, March 5th, and happy Friday to you wherever you are. And wherever you are, may listen. you may be listening. Hope that this Friday is getting off to a great start for you. And the great thing about it is, is that it's getting off to a great start for the Grizzlies as well, probably, because they have a much-needed uh, multiple-day break. Uh, the Grizzlies uh, last night ended the first half of their season. Uh, they will not play now until next Thursday as the All-Star break is here. And though that may be, may feel like it's going to be a bit longer than just a few days for a lot of Grizzlies fans, we're certainly going to be it's, it's certainly going to be made up to us with how frequently the Grizzlies are going to be playing over the following 10 weeks after this All-Star break. But in today's show, we'll break down last night's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, it should in some cases it should have felt like a heartbreaking loss, but in actuality for both fans, you know, people who cover the Grizzlies and it seemed like the players themselves, it was a very encouraging game. We'll go into three reasons as to why despite the result, it was very encour- it was a very encouraging note to end the first half of the season on. In the second segment, I'll talk about the Anthony Melton. Really have seen some offensive improvement from him. We'll discuss whether that offensive improvement can be sustainable into the second half and why, if it is, it truly makes him the best two-guard on this roster. In the third segment, I'll go into my three defining first-half moments. Three moments that really stood out to me that proved that this team truly is, you know, that depth truly is making the difference for this Grizzlies team as is Taylor Jenkins. Of course, you can follow the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. You can follow the podcast wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to get your podcasts, that is where you will find us. So in last night's game, uh, the Grizzlies started out very, very slow. Uh, they did not shoot well at all um, in the first quarter. You know, John Moran obviously had his struggles. The Bucks were executing the plan that the NBA has shown this season to stop Jaw, really crowding the paint, really forcing him to take his shot outside, and it was having an impact. In the first quarter, Jaw was over 7 from the field, 0 for 5 from 3, and the Grizzlies overall were struggling over only 17 points in the first quarter. But, thankfully, Dylan Brooks, with all the energy and just effort that he can muster, he actually really stood out as being a difference maker for the Grizzlies in the first half, though he wasn't necessarily having a half for the ages on his end. His just consistent effort on both offense and defense really allowed the Grizzlies to stay within at least a reasonable distance, and he actually was able to make the Grizzlies to where they were got to within three points, um, or excuse me, ten points of the Bucks by halftime. So that's the big thing that stood out to me as the first takeaway from this game is that we could talk about how polarizing Dylan Brooks is. We can talk about, you know, how sometimes he does make bad decisions. And late in the game, there were a few decisions where, you know, you probably think that he could have done something more with the ball to give the Grizzlies a better look. However, nobody can ever question his effort. And that's the thing about it is that Dylan is going to give you maximum effort every time he is out on the court. And in last night's game against a very good NBA team, it made all the difference. So there are times where that's going to stand out as the Grizzlies' best quality. And now with Dylan kind of in a role that's more suited for him as the fourth or fifth scoring option when he's on the court against the you know other starting um lineups, that really is a good development. It really shows that even when our main guys are struggling, Dylan's effort is going to allow for him to continue to give all he can to put us in a position to win. And last night, though it didn't result in a win, the reason why the Grizzlies had their chances at the end of the game was because of the first half effort from Dylan Brooks. But for me, another an even bigger takeaway does focus on Ja Moran. That's the second thing I'll discuss is that with Ja, 
We talked about it all year or all season so far. The NBA's adjusted to John. They have put, they have packed the paint. They made it to where they're blitzing him on these screens. They're just making it to where he does not have the space that he needs to work with to get into the lane and either find his floater consistently, get to the rim consistently, or make passes out. You know, to where he can produce on all levels like we know that he can. Well, last night the Bucks were doing exactly that, and it was working. You know, Jaw was over seven from the field in the first quarter, zero for five from three. But the big development that occurred is not only did Jaw adjust his game. Figuring out how to balance the looks that he gives getting into the lane, but also balancing it with shots from distance. He he was successful with those shots from distance, and through that balancing act, he took over the game. That is correct. Over the last three quarters, Ja scored 35 points over the last three quarters against a very good Bucks defense, and he did that along the way by going three of eight from the three point line from beyond the arc, and ten of eleven from the free throw line. In every aspect that you could score, Jaw truly showed his resourcefulness. He showed his resourcefulness to a level that we had not seen. This was a top five performance of his in his career. One of the best examples of him showing how resourceful of a score he can be. And him being able to do that on top of the fact that it came through adjusting to how the NBA had been defectively defending him, that's a big encouraging sign for the second half of the season. If Jaw, I'm not saying he's going to score 35 every night, though he became the first Grizzlies player ever to score 35 or more points in consecutive games, again, just showing that he's at a talent level that we've not seen before in the history of the franchise. But the big thing is, is that as defenses start, if defenses continue to throw the type of looks that they're giving him to him, he's now showing that he not only can adjust, but he can adjust effectively and can do it to the point to where he can balance out his game to take over to really give the Grizzlies the best chance they need to have a chance to win against the better teams. So a really, really encouraging, you know, two games from John Morant. One game, it allowed for them to win against the surging Wizards team, and in another game, it almost gave them the opportunity to win against, you know, one of the East's best team in the Bucks. But besides an individual effort from Dylan, and besides the individual encouraging adjustments from Jaw, there also was a really encouraging, you know, adjustment from this Grizzlies team. Since they've come back from their hiatus on January 30th, the thing that we've talked about here and that you've heard other people talked about, many questions in the media sessions have been centered on this, was the three-point defense. The Grizzlies were, you know, for much of the past six weeks, they have been last in three-point defense in the NBA. But over the past three games, they really have done a better job of shutting down the perimeter. And a lot of that has to do with the depth that they now have with Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, and Justice Winslow. But in this game specifically, they showed the ability to against one of the NBA's more frequent and better shooting three-point teams, they showed that they can make the adjustment to how a really good three-point shooting team is finding their looks. The Grizzlies made a needed adjustment to prevent that. The Bucks started off 9 of 18 from 3, and that's how they built up their lead. One of the big reasons why the Grizzlies were able to come back is because after going 9 from 18 from 3, the Bucks missed 15 straight three-pointers. Unfortunately, they made a clutch one you know, in the final seconds of the game, but the Grizzlies were able to come back because they made the Bucks miss 15 straight three-pointers because they adjusted to the Bucks' strategy. Now, a little bit of that may be because Taylor Jenkins obviously know who knew who he, who he was going against but it also does show for the fact that the Grizzlies have now gone three straight games really limiting and that's the three-point shot and that's been a big reason why 
They've been able to have easy victories against the Rockets while they were able to find enough to be able to beat the Wizards and while they gave themselves at least a chance to win against the Bucks. That is really encouraging. If there's one area that the Grizzlies have to improve upon, for them to really support their chances of getting to the playoffs, that is defending the three. Because right now, they're still in the process of shooting the three enough themselves to be able to face the NBA's better three-point shooting teams. But those in-game adjustments for Jaw, as well as the in-game adjustments for the Grizzlies themselves, those are two big storylines going into the second half. How can Jaw adjust to how the NBA has adjusted to him, and how can the Grizzlies consistently do what they can to limit three-point shots? If, if the rest of the season can work out in a positive way on both those storylines as it did in this game, that's going to be a really, really big development for this Grizzlies team. And I think that's why both for John, his teammates, as well as the Grizzlies themselves, that's why I think they were more encouraged with how they played last night and looked at it as a positive with the fact that they are now going to get a break more than as a heartbreaking negative and just a you know a bad taste left in the mouth as far as a first half goes um, you know, to the 2020, 2021 season. Another real, really clear thing about this first half, though, that has stood out is the development of the supporting cast. We talked with Evan Barnes a bit about it earlier this week, but there's one person in particular besides Justice Winslow who lately has really shown the improvements in his game and how if he's taking the next step forward offensively like Kyle Anderson has this year, it also helps his game going forward. That person is DeAnthony Melton. Coming up, we'll talk about how the if the offensive improvements Hey, or that DeAnthony Melton has shown this first half can be sustainable as we get into the second half of the season. First half of the NBA season is officially coming on, but now there is still plenty of things that you can enjoy betting on on a daily basis if you are a sportsman. For instance, when it comes to the All-Star break, I'm sure there's going to be many props that are going to be up on uh, across many uh, different betting sites, or there's going to be plenty of opportunities in other sports for you to enjoy however you choose to wager and however much you choose to wager. Well, if you enjoy you know, profiting off your wagers as a part of your sports fandom, there's one place that has you covered and one place for you to rely on, and that's BetOnline. BetOnline, the online sportsbooks network that is the fastest, easiest way for you to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing with baseball right on the horizon. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON at the website or on your mobile device to sign up today and use it, get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We're covering everything you need to know here about the Grizzlies, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Burkowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So we talked about in the first segment about the Grizzlies' big, you know, their not their big victory. I was almost excited to say that. But their game against the Bucks, in which, you know, hey, you know, moral victories can only take you so far, as I said on, you know, my Locked On Now um, information that I gave about uh, the um, uh, the Grizzlies game last night. But the thing is, is that yesterday, yes, it truly was a big difference 
for the Grizzlies in terms of ending the note on a high note when it came to their, um, you know, into the first half. 16 and 16, again, they have a game where they showed that John Morant could adjust to what the NBA was throwing at him. The Grizzlies could stop the three-point shot when they needed to. Those are two huge developments. But as we discussed with Evan Barnes earlier this week, another big development that has occurred is that a lot of the Grizzlies' supporting staff have taken steps forward when it comes to their offense. A Grayson Allen, a Desmond Bain has become more resourceful, Kyle Anderson, you know, and others. But one player that has stepped up as of recently, and the main reason why is because he finally is back to health. He's had some interruptions in his season, is DeAnthony Melton. Now, the thing about it is this, is that DeAnthony Melton, you know, he's had, you know, some COVID protocol issues this year. You know, other things have happened. It even has seemed like at times he's been out of the rotation. But when DeAnthony Melton has played, he's adding tremendous value. And a big reason why is because of how much he has improved offensively, especially when it comes to his three-point shot. Now, last year, DeAnthony Melton emerged on the scene in the Grizzlies as, you know, possibly being the best example of how Coach Taylor Jenkins could take someone and put them in a position to succeed. And it really showed as DeAnthony Melton truly was a difference maker when it came to his defense. But overall, he really struggled offensively. Uh, last season, you know, overall, uh, DeAnthony Melton shot only 40% from the field and only 28.6% from three. As a matter of fact, Last year on pull-up three-point shots, he was 7 of 40 for the, from the field. On catch-and-shoot three-point shots, he was 32 of 98. So that means that when he created his own shot, he made only 18% of the shots. On nearly 100 chances in which he was assisted, he made only 32% of them. Well, the thing about it is this, is that this year across the board, the Anthony Melton has gotten much better offensively. For instance, when it comes to his shooting, when he, you know, he's known for being able to get out in transition and get to the rim. You know, last year... He shot nearly 62% or 63% at the rim this year, 70%. But the big, big area where he has improved is through his mid-range and jump shot. His jump shot that we saw, indications of improvement in the during the scrimmages in the bubble, at times in the bubble, especially in the preseason. Now that he's finally gotten his health in place and gotten some, you know, minutes on his legs, we're really seeing him improve from this uh, from distance. Last year, he made 32% of the shots that he shot between 10 and 16 feet from the basket. This year, 52%. On three-point shots last year, he made 28.6% of his shots. This year so far, 42.3%. On 23 pull-up attempts, he's made 10 of them which is good for 46% from three when he's creating his own shot. On 53 catch-and-shoot catch and shoot opportunities from three, he's made 22 of them, good for 41.5% of his shots. DeAnthony Melton has certainly improved his shot. Now, the thing that needs to be understood, I don't think that this is the true DeAnthony Melton. If this is the true DeAnthony Melton, you're looking at a clear starter and a significant starting player for the Grizzlies if he's going to be able to maintain these type of shooting metrics along with, obviously, his ideal ability to rebound and create turnovers and make defensive stops. You know, the ability overall that he has to do well on defense. I don't think that we're going to see this type of shooting success maintained for DeAnthony Melton, but I do think 
that the improvements are relevant, and I do think that they're somewhat sustainable. And the fact that he is certainly becoming better at finding his shot at all three levels, as I mentioned, at the rim, in the mid-range, and from three, significant improvements across the board. So even if he regresses a bit in the second half when he gets more reps from what he did in the first half and his defenses start paying him more attention, he still is going to be significantly better than where he was last year. And we obviously also know that he's getting better at creating sequence opportunities, those big turnover plays that really can, you know, change the momentum in the Grizzlies' favor. Sounds a lot like a former player known as the grandfather named Tony Allen, but thankfully this time around, I I can't remember if it's the grandnephew or the grandson. I think that he may be the grandson. Basically, when it comes to Anthony Melton, there is certainly a shot there. Now, What does that mean as far as the rotation goes? Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If DeAnthony Melton is shooting like this, he is the Grizzlies' best value at the two guard. He consistently is the Grizzlies' bet net rating player. That means that when he's on the court... Very few, there's nobody else on the Grizzlies roster who offers more positive value. Now, it must be understood that a lot of that is coming against second units right now. So I'm not necessarily saying he maintains the same value if he starts and plays 25 to 30 minutes a night. But what I am saying is, is that there's no excuse as to why DeAnthony Melton should not be getting at least 20 to 25 minutes a night. He makes that big of a difference, especially when he's contributing as a secondary type scorer on offense. I do think then in time, we will start to see Melton be more in the lineup, especially if the Grizzlies have a lead, having different variations of lineups that include Justice Winslow, DeAnthony Melton, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark. Those are some really versatile athletic defensive lineups that you could see cause team, you know, that could cause teams issues, especially down the stretch as the Grizzlies try to maintain a lead. So I especially think when the Grizzlies have done their scoring, and now they need to get stops, you will see more of DeAnthony Melton, and then thankfully, he's not the liability that he was last year. So I'm not necessarily sure that DeAnthony Melton, you know, is the shooter that he is now, even if he falls back a bit and is averaging 36-37% overall on threes, and maybe overall, you know, overall his um, field goal percentage this year um, is up to... 47%. Even if that falls down to 45 to 44%, even if he shoes 42 to 43% over the rest of the season, I mean, again, he does regress across the board a bit. It's still a very valuable player. So I do think that certainly the improvement that DeAnthony Melton has made, he is a significantly improved offensive player even if he may not be able to keep up the current pace that he's at, though we certainly hope that he is. And overall, it certainly has been the big development because now if you add this type of progression offensively, and you remember the fact that the Anthony Melton himself um, is only, you know, just 23 years old, excuse me, 22 years old, the big thing is, is that he's got so much more, so many more years to improve until he's at his peak. This is a really positive sign, especially with the, such with the good deal that the Grizzlies got for him this summer. That deal looks really good right now with the productive minutes that DeAnthony Melton has put out there on the court. Well, I could tell you three three other times that the Grizzlies have been productive in this first half and of the season, and they're my three favorite moments so far of the first half. Three defining moments that I really stink, think stick out and really best represent this. Grizzlies team and the reasons why they can find success to stay in the playoff race besides a treacherous second half of the season schedule. Coming up, I'll rank my top three moments, most memorable moments from the Grizzlies first half that I think give them the most confidence going into the second half of the season as they once again continue their playoff pursuit. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. 
Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's offices, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. The BlueChew.com promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free, and we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcast. And I can speak to this on Josh Lloyd, probably one of the more knowledgeable minds, in my opinion, when it comes to uh, this. Um, uh, but when it comes to this podcast network, just amazing analysis in every at one of his episodes. He does a great job. Bringing Breaking down from a fantasy basketball perspective, but also really understanding each and every roster's play, each and every player's opportunities, so on and so forth. So check it out. You'll become a better basketball fan in general. Not just fantasy basketball player, but better basketball fan in general listening to Josh. So my top three moments of the first half of the season for this Grizzlies team. And it did the crazy thing is, is that Two of the moments happened in the first three games of the season, and the last moment happens within the last, what, six or seven games of the season. So not a lot of exciting times, you know, too much in, you know, the middle part of that season. I know that we had that seven-game winning streak, but I'm going to, you know, focus on the reason why I think we got that winning streak with my number three moment. My number three moment of the first half so far for the Grizzlies was when we earned our first win in Brooklyn in the game that John Morant went John Morant went down with his ankle injury. In that game, this Grizzlies team, 0-2, despite great efforts from Jaw in the first two games, 0-2, and really looking down on their luck with already being without Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, you know, struggling to start the year, Justice Winslow, and others. This Grizzlies team could have easily at that point kind of gotten down on its luck and, and really gotten off to a bad start. And they did. They did get off to a 2-6 and six start. But it was the fact that they banded together. And the of the available talents that were there, they played to their strengths as a defensive first team, an opportunistic defensive first, turning defense into offense team. And over the next few games, it did take them a while to really settle into letting their advantages, at least of what was available, of the players that were available, letting their advantage show collectively. But once it did, that's when they reeled off that seven-game winning streak, and it was because, in my opinion, of how quickly they banded together and played together as a team and trusted each other in Brooklyn. So the Grizzlies' first victory of the year against Brooklyn, especially being won by the Grizzlies roster after John Morant went down with his injury, I think is the number three moment of the year. Then the second moment is the opening game of the year. 
in which Ja Morant had 44 points, a career high, and 9 assists, joining a very small company when it did include Trey, Luca, Michael Jordan, others, that had scored 44 points with nine, had had a game with 44 more points and nine or more assists at the age of 21 or younger. The crazy thing about it is, though, is that he backed it up in the second game, having another outstanding game. He didn't necessarily go toe-to-toe with Trey Young, but he certainly held his own. Well, obviously, after that, John Moran had his ankle injury, so he was out for two or three weeks, and, you know, he came back very quickly, but it took him time to really get going. But the thing about it is this, is look at how John Moran has bookended this first half. 44 points and 9 assists, followed, I believe, by 28 points and 11 assists against the Hawks in the first two games. In the last two games, 35 points, 10 assists, and 5 rebounds, followed by another 35 points, I believe, uh, 6 assists and 5 rebounds. He became the first player in Grizzlies history to score 35 points in consecutive games. In the first game of the season, he scored a career high. What I'm getting at is is that it seems like Jaw is finally getting his step back. He's getting that confidence and aggressiveness back that allows for him to be able to score at will and take over a game if he if he feels fit. And he's now doing that. He's done that over the past two games. He did that at times in the first two games. And that's when he was healthiest this season. So that's a really encouraging factor to see. Now, you're not going to... The Grizzlies aren't going to get far having to need that to win games going forward. Like, it would be great, but at some point, Jaw is probably going to wear down a bit if there's that much usage of his ability. But the fact that he's doing that, and he's doing it when he's healthy, and he's doing it in consecutive games, and in those games, the Grizzlies are at least in the conversation or they do pull out victories, that's a big sign for not only John Morant, but this Grizzlies team. So John Morant really distributing a higher level of takeover ability and impact on the game when healthy from last year is another really encouraging sign. But speaking of encouraging, nothing beats Justice Winslow coming back back on February 20th, and that's my top moment of the year. Justice Winslow came back on 2-20-2021 after 409 days of being without playing. Um, he struggled with this shot. He struggled in other areas as well. But overall, it didn't matter You know what his stats were. It was the fact that he was there. And the thing is, is that ever since that time, Winslow has been a clear difference maker when he's on the court for both the offense and the defense. And the big reason why is not necessarily all about talent. It's about chemistry, about cohesion, about trust. Winslow did all that while he was injured. You've seen, you. there's probably dozens of times over the past few years in the NBA where if a player is injured seriously or he's going to be out an extended period of time due to injury, a lot of times that player may do their own thing, may not attend the whole games, may not be involved with the team as he would be if he was healthy. Justice Winslow was there every step of the way. The fact that he stayed in the bubble with the team to support them on, even though he never played a game with them, had only known them for six months and really hadn't spent but a few weeks with them because of everybody having to be separated due to the pandemic, the fact that he decided to do that really stood out for this team and I think is a big reason why that chemistry developed. So the number one moment for me is Justice Winslow obviously making his return to the basketball court. That'll do it for me today on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name again is Sean Coleman. We're going to take a a weekend break. We've had some fun episodes on the weekends, but we're going to take a bit of a break with the All-Star break here. We're going to be back and better than ever next week, talking with some friends who are looking into the second half of the Grizzlies season. I'll leave the names kind of a mystery right now, but we should have one or two guests next week that really will know what they're talking about when it comes to the Grizzlies' second half of the season. Looking forward to that. Hope you have a great weekend. Again, find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at myself 
at StatsSAC. And wherever you have your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the podcast app on your phone, that's where you'll find us. For myself, Sean Coleman, it's a pleasure to always be with you. Hope that you have a great start to your weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.